Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. That's a good sign. We're recording. Do you, do you need me to record my end no. as well? You don't do that? No, okay. No, don't we're, you worry. That would make it way more complicated. We're not very polished. No, well, that's all the better because I'm always just really anxious I'm doing it wrong. So, no, we, I mean, we, we're probably doing it wrong. We've probably been doing it wrong for years. Don't worry. We're winging it. Good. Well, that's, that's the spirit I'm, I'm happy to be involved in. Good. All right. I won't touch anything technical. I'll just talk. Yeah. Just, yeah. just talk. So, Claire, talk. Tell us what brings you to um, being, being a member of the worst girl gang ever. Oh, hang on. We haven't done the intro. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah. Hi, everyone. And welcome to this week's episode of the worst girl gang ever. We are joined in our studios by the beautiful Claire Lynch. Welcome. Welcome, Claire. Oh, thank you for having me. No, not at all. Um, we've Pleasure. already established that it's going to be rough around the edges. No one's done any planning and Claire's not going to touch anything. She's just going to talk. So yeah. it should be a good one. <laughs> so Claire, tell us, how did you come to be a member of the Worst Girl Gang ever? Yeah, well, what a, what a privilege it is to be part of that gang. Um I think I'm I'm part of that gang, uh, or I hope I'm part of your gang. Uh, my wife Bethan and I we went through that kind of uh, people say fertility journey, don't they? Which makes it sound more jolly oh, than I think oh, it yeah. is. Yeah. It wasn't really a journey, was it? Like a kind of yeah, I don't know, hellish gauntlet of that for mm. about about five six years in total. So we went through um, quite a few cycles of IUI and then many more cycles of IVF um and and so I guess all of those sort of small losses along the way um you know the first kind of way in and then you know one of the things I've um I've written about is that we then I uh I had a miscarriage when we'd gone through a cycle of reciprocal IVF (laughs) oh well (laughs) I'm glad to be of service reciprocal IVF is where um a same-sex couple where two women in a couple um, one of the couple's eggs is um, fertilized and then uh, transferred to the other woman in the couple. Oh, okay. So everyone sort of has a part in the actual biology of it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you kind of both going through the IVF in one sense. One of you is the egg collection, then one of you is like receiving on the transfer day. Yeah. So we'd gone through kind of done various kind of versions, and then finally. Um, Basically, that there was a, I, I suppose that, that miscarriage was a kind of turning point for us, actually. And um, we decided then to like reverse our roles in the process. Okay. So, you know, I think it was, 
it's kind of one of the reasons I just really wanted to to talk to you because I, I just admire so much what you do with your podcast, with your courses and everything. And I think for me, that was a moment of deciding, did I want to be pregnant or did I want to be a mum? Mm. And so, you know, I think that kind of decision is something not lots of people talk about, um, you know, like what that means. It can mean different things for different people. Um, but yeah, that was the kind of turning point really for us. So, um, you know, it then, I suppose, was a kind of restart, really. Um, but I guess that's one of the things that I think is so interesting. It's never really a restart, is it? Those kind of things don't, uh, you know, the experiences kind of don't disappear. So I'm kind of interested, I suppose, in a lot of like, what's your, where, where you kind of end up after those processes, however it kind of turns out in the end, I think you're always changed by that process. I think you carry a lot with you as well don't you I think mm. it's, it's a lot like pregnancy after loss when people almost treat that as a closed chapter of oh all that nasty business of the losses is gone now it's done um here's a fresh new chapter and then people are surprised when the overwhelming feeling is not joy when you find out you're pregnant you expect or people expect you or the common misconceptions I would say is that it's just it's absolute relief and joy of being pregnant after loss but actually you've you still you're still holding all that emotion all that anxiety from your from what you've been through on your journey and that it it changes you doesn't it as you say Claire it absolutely changes you and you carry forward what you've learned and how you've seen things and that's completely natural so I think you're really you're really right in saying you know this is not it's not you don't start again ever you you move forward but you can't move on yeah, I think that's right. It's a complicated thing, isn't it, really? And I, I think I'm sort of, you know, I'm very kind of conscious talking to you and thinking about who, you know, who might be listening and thinking, I just, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I never want to tell that story that's like, oh, it all ends up happily in the end, mm. you know? And, it, you know, we have ended up having children and it has ended up, <laughs> it has ended up happily in the end. But I think it's it's not to say that, you know, you know, those kind of experiences are still, you know, they're part of the whole, aren't they? It's not like that thing ends and then, you know, the fairy tale kind of happens. I think we don't talk about that enough, really. And I think for a lot of people who are in the middle of it right now, hmm. um, you know, I think it's so powerful to kind of, you know, allow a bit of space for that, to say, you know, that's going to be part of it, you know, f- in some ways in very good ways, you know, feeling that there is a sort of whatever happens to you, you know, that's a you know, a valuable kind of part of the narrative of your experience. Um, but I don't think it just gets, you know, erased. It's, I feel an, an, an analogy. Mm-hmm. I love them, but I really... Strongly... Bring it. I love an analogy. Come on. All right. It's like the storm. So you can have the most horrendous storm. And mm. then after the storm, you might be feeling like, you know, that, that, that everything's okay because the sun's shining and it's calm and the seas calm down and stuff. Mm. Still all the devastation that the storm has wreaked that mm. is in so many ways irreparable with the trees and the mm. you know, some of it, like the buildings and that that are destroyed, they can be fixed. And a lot of what you've been through can be repaired, but you will always have that natural stuff, the trees and the, mm. the, the all the stuff that's been blown away that can't be repaired. It will always be there and it will change. You'll get used to it being this, the new shapes and the new feelings and, and it will change in intensity but it will always be there that's not a bad one that's not you. a bad one is it we've had some really shoddy ones uh, no but... I mean that was good yeah I, yeah. I, I, I yeah that's yeah, at least a b plus that one I mean it's very good I mean I think 
yeah, it's it is true, and I think that was kind of um, that that sort of kind of in my experience anyway that that sort of sense in which you think it's all kind of fine, and then it kind of comes back up when you're like least expecting it, really. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I absolutely thought it was a uh, these were experiences I'd processed or kind of moved past, and it didn't really matter anymore. But even things like you know. Um, writing the book it was kind of fine but when I had to go into the studio and record the audio book when mm. I got to that bit of the book I mean the poor sound engineer had to like go and discreetly make himself a cup of tea while I had a, a little ball for myself in the yeah. in the recording studio because it, saying it out loud or reading it out loud kind of was bringing it back in a way that I hadn't anticipated and I think that must be true for a lot of people that you mm. know um whether you've you know made a different decision to kind of go forward with your life in a different way whether you've had children whatever the kind of next part of your story is I think there'll always be those things that kind of you know just spark it off again won't there or you know and and how we talk about that like letting people have that um it's quite important I think otherwise you know otherwise I think it can become you know a little bit dangerous actually to have that bubbling under the surface instead of just talking about it absolutely I think we get People around us in our lives expect us to have completely moved on. And you've certainly shared this before, Bex, about how you can be a little bit down one day and someone says, what's up with you? And you're like, oh, well, I'm still dealing with that. Like, I, yeah. it's it's not it's not easy. Even a lot of people, when they have a pregnancy, a successful pregnancy, will still be triggered by announcements afterwards. And it's just mm-hmm. allowing that space and understanding to that people will still still have these these struggles and these difficult Mm. emotions but Claire I wanted to go back to something you said um a bit earlier about feeling like you want to be careful about what you talk about to this community because it's something that I've really struggled with um and you as well Bex haven't you Mm. imposter syndrome a little bit um I have too written a book. Um, have you? Yeah, I don't know if I'd mentioned it before. No, never. Um, and I felt really, I don't know, like a, a bit guilty, a bit a bit awkward about sharing my story, my my journey mm. um, <laughs> with people who were still still in the midst of it, like people who were still in that shitty dark place Mm. not knowing where to turn and what's gonna and how the story is gonna end um but I felt like it was so important to I don't know about you I couldn't have shared that stuff before I had my son I could would not have been able to Mm. have the courage and you tell me off for saying that Bex Mm. but that's how it how it feels like I didn't feel strong enough or um didn't feel I don't know supported enough or feel like it was a safe enough space for me to to share that that devastating experience until I had my uh happy mm. ending which um I don't know it was was that the case for you did you did you write and share about this sort of stuff while you were going through it yeah no I mean I I'm I <laughs> despite being a person who is, you know, I'm I'm happy it turns out to kind of write this stuff in a book, but, you know, I'm not a very sharing kind of a person in real life. So I think there are a lot of people who, you know, who, who know me and found out some of this experience only when the book came out kind of thing, you know? So I think I felt exactly the same. And, you know, actually the, 
you know, there were the the book kind of had, you know, stages where it was nearly coming out and then didn't quite work out and then time would pass. And all of that, I think, was, as it turned out, really necessary because the, the, I got far enough away from it, I think, in terms of time and experience. I then felt like I, you know, I could get it down on paper. Mm-hmm. I think it is it is interesting because I think it comes from a place of kind of knowing how that can kind of kick you in the guts when you're going through it and you're trying not to do that to somebody else. Yeah. But I but I do think you're also trying to say, you know, the more the more stories out there, the kind of I mean, I think that's a space of hope as well, isn't it? You know, it doesn't mean that everyone has the same ending, <laughs> but you're still saying there are endings, right? Yeah. And I think I think when you're in it, that's kind of useful. I mean, I I'm I'm like really in awe of the people I see on Instagram who are kind of sharing their their, you know, IVF cycles like you know today I'm on you know day whatever and I I, I'm I'm amazed by it to be honest because that's people are doing that with such kind of hope and confidence and vulnerability and vulnerability that is something that was is so far away like I you know we weren't telling you know people very close to us because I think and maybe that speaks to you know like the longer you're in that (laughs) the more the reality is kind of clear to you and the more you realize it's kind of when it's when it's never ending in good news the idea of kind of bringing people into it and having other people kind of waiting for your news would have been really to me like you know just more pressure on it and too unbearable but the people who are who are brave enough to do that or kind of I don't know I think kind of strong enough to do that I mean I I can only admire it to be honest but I mean you know I guess that's the thing isn't it everyone is everyone's making decisions all the way through aren't they about how much they want it to be private or how much they kind of are resilient to to the whole process I think it helps people people have different coping methods yeah well don't they for some people writing and sharing and, and lots of people have these anonymous Instagram accounts where yeah. they can share but it's not um it's it's not known who they are and mm. that's that's probably a good a good thing to do for for some people who are a bit nervous about um opening up to you know the world that that actually knows them and but, yeah and yeah I, I mean I and I admire it because it takes it it takes each one of those you know I think the truth is when you're going through it you know each one of those it's not it's not um abstract to you is it you're like this one you know this is the one that's going to work you're thinking this is the cycle that's kind of the one so why not you know own that I suppose and kind of let yourself think it I, I don't have any anything other than admiration for that but I think it is um yeah I think as well it's all every every single person is different and it's like the people that Laura was worried about that would say oh it's all right for you because you're there equally there is other people who need to hear that because they need to know that that Laura had so many miscarriages um, and losses and was and and then went on to have a a, a baby you know there are there are always going to be people who need you and there are always going to be people who don't want that and that's fine because there are enough people now I think sharing their stories and sharing that that everyone can be kind of everyone's needs can be accommodated I think yeah yeah every story we say all the time every every experience every story every person's grief is completely valid just because someone has a child doesn't mean that what they went through wasn't devastating and it's the same for people who already have children and then go on to 
to have further losses. Obviously, it's different. The grief's different. The dynamics are different. There are different layers to it, but it's still it's still valid. Mm. Yeah, it's still valid, and I think you don't you don't know really, do you, how your who your stories will reach and kind of what the impact will be. And so I think kind of you know, it's been really a sort of yeah. I mean, a surprising thing for me, but a kind of really important thing for me that often it's kind of you know people in same sex relationships who kind of you know want that story to exist because they want to know that that's a possibility for them or you know often there's a kind of misconception that people who are you know like that gay couples don't have fertility issues you know that there's a kind of sense that you just kind of sign up to the IVF clinic and uh, swipe the credit card come home with a baby you know so I think you know you're you're often often not prepared I think to kind of know who needs the story that you've got to tell yeah Yeah. I guess with what you've just said about uh same-sex couples it's it's kind of in my mind I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't have necessarily thought uh, thought of same-sex couples having as having fertility issues because you kind of think that have being in a same-sex relationship there's your issue because mm. you can't do you can't have a baby the and like inverted commas normal yeah. way so you kind of assume that that's the issue but once you pass that obviously oh all you need to do is IVF right because yeah. it's quite inconceivable oh, wait. <laughs> it comes <laughs> in here <laughs> to, to, to imagine that you would have more problems on top of that it just seems so unfair you know you mm. just just feel like there you go over that hump yeah yeah Daisy, there's a baby. Let's go. I know. I mean, you know, I'm sure, you know, there are people who are who manage that. But I mean, you know, just to be kind of logical, you know, that you've got the same stuff going on with your, you know, um, you know, undiagnosed kind of fertility issues or mm. being gay doesn't mean you get to avoid like the womb scraping or the, you know, <laughs> the yeah, same levels of, you know, egg reserve, whatever the things are, are going to be the same, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. And in a sense, you could say that very often, you know, if you think of those kind of terrible cliche things that people say, like, oh, well, you know, you can always try again. Yeah. Um, or you might get lucky, you know, it might be a happy accident. That's kind of not going to happen, right? So you're, right. it can be to some That's degree relaxed. worse, right? Because you've only got the IVF might be the only chance. And if you live in a place where you're not going to get that funded or you've only got enough money to cover those you know maybe the one or two cycles and that money runs out Mm. you know there isn't a kind of oh let's see what happens over the next few years like chance up your sleeve kind of thing Mm. so you know that's sort of thinking about how we how we view people I mean I know in terms of the idea of loss often it's the first time that people realize that someone in a same-sex couple is trying for a baby Mm. right because then you know you might make assumptions about a kind of a straight couple or you know you might think oh you've been married for so long maybe now they're gonna have a baby it might only be when someone has to announce loss that suddenly it's kind of a shock to everyone that they were even trying mm. you know so you got kind of all of that to sort of work around as well did you find um were people supportive were there any people didn't say to you you can always you know happy accident and all of that sort of stuff what did support look like for mm. you when you mm. Yeah, sorry, thanks. That's a shit question. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think, I think people were supportive. I think, um, I mean, when I think about it now, I think we were very, um, 
you know, I'm not sure we like opened ourselves up to much support in a way. You know what I mean? I think kind of my response was very kind of closing down. Um, and I mean, I don't, I'm not kind of using this language lightly, but, you know, but going a little bit insane for a short amount of time, you know? <laughs> you know, so all of that kind of stuff, I'm not sure that it's kind of fair to even, you know, it wasn't that the support wasn't there so much as we didn't let the support come. Maybe that's part of it too. But I mean, I think certainly what was missing and I hope that maybe people could try and you know think about a little bit more certainly when we were then you know in the kind of pregnancy after loss you know stage of things we were announcing that you know that my partner was pregnant people would kind of very casually say things to me like oh well you know that's you're you're getting out of all the hard work or you know when are you going to have a go then or this kind of casual as if it was, you know, literally one of the neighbours said, oh, did you toss a coin to decide who would have the baby? That kind of, which in the context of not knowing that you'd gone through years of kind of loss, yeah. you know, but even even not, you know, <laughs> knowing or not knowing, I suppose the idea that we think of, of pregnancy as being so easily achieved, mm. you know, by anyone. Yeah. You know, and, and then if, when we say things like that, what we're doing is kind of, you know, <laughs> almost inevitably putting our foot in it right so you know diminishes everything that someone's been through and loss or no loss IVF is grueling and 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 without IVF as well even just trying to conceive is fucking hard yeah yeah exactly so I think that's kind of but but it is it is it is revealing I think that when you when people yeah if you if you assume that's easy and you assume it's straightforward you know then those kind of like throwaway comments or kind of jokes about it seem totally reasonable I suppose yeah but it doesn't take much to kind of think you know maybe that's not no it's a weird it's a weird reaction isn't it to that news as well I think it's uh, but I think once you're in the baby loss community then it becomes then it becomes something that you can know that you will no longer just bypass you with who knows how many times we heard comments who knows how many I know I personally made a lot of comments starting with at least before I'd experienced loss myself Mm. because without the emotional understanding behind the pain of loss we don't we can't understand it from an emotional perspective but what we can do I don't know if you heard me is that we can teach it these that we can teach support we can teach people to understand that it's not appropriate to ask a same-sex couple whether they tossed a coin to decide who Mm. would carry their baby yeah because it's not something it was that a man who asked you that (laughs) no it wasn't actually no I mean it was quite an elderly woman so we didn't kind of throw down about it but I mean it was yeah it was yeah it's I mean it and it's coming from a place of you know honestly kind of wondering how is it in a same-sex couple that you make that decision right it's coming from that place it's coming from I wonder how you know you have that discussion or what would that and no one's quite ready over the garden fence to ask it like in that way right but yeah I mean I think um yeah you're totally right it might also be coming from a place of someone trying to go hey I'm okay with same-sex couples I'm gonna make it really light and funny (laughs) yeah yeah I am a homophobe no and in fact we did toss a coin so no we didn't toss a coin but (laughs) like how about just saying congratulations how are you feeling yeah, yeah exactly. I mean that, it's another way to go isn't it yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's I was going to ask you, Claire, was there ever a point when you were going through the devastation of and the darkness of the, the uncertainty and the loss and stuff, was there a point where you you considered stopping? Yes, there was a point. Um, but, and I'm not really proud of this, I have to say, I, um, yeah, I mean, I think I was, got to a point of being absolutely kind of, that it was the only way like I became very kind of mm. you know because once you're sort of so far in <laughs> a certain number of yeah, years yeah. you know I was doing any extra test they would offer or any extra kind of procedure you know I, some sort of intravenous kind of thing I remember having after one positive you know like all sorts of you know they 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 could have said to me you know we need to like strip the wiring out of your house because it's the only one thing that's going to help and I would have said yeah go ahead or you know we're gonna have to amputate a leg I would have said yes to whatever it takes I was I was um I was too far in actually yeah I think at one point like too too kind of and so it's why I think you know with all the kind of benefit of retrospect that I'm really glad actually that it worked out in the way that it did because I think I think I had like lost sight a little bit of what the point was. And the point was that we were trying to have a family. The point was not to sort of pass the test of IVF. Yeah, I can Mm. relate to that. For me, it just was an obsession about about getting pregnant and staying pregnant. I hadn't actually, when I I was pregnant, I started freaking out towards the end of it. Because I was like, shit, a a baby. I'd spent seven years waiting for this baby. Yeah, I was just petrified of it or petrified of 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 not being able to look after it because I hadn't even considered that step but it is it is obsessive isn't it yeah it is obsessive it is kind of a again I'm not I don't I don't mean to I'm not using this language kind of you know like lazily I think it is a kind of addiction that you know Mm. thinking of it that way also kind of that you're sort of lost to it or you're willing to do anything or you know, I mean, I think there were quite a few times where we sort of tried to have a little pause and say, you know, like, what would life be like if we didn't carry on with this? You know, <laughs> you know, it would be fine, right? There'd be like other lives you can live. And I'm really, um, I'm really kind of keen on people being allowed to sort of, you know, again, like talk about that and have space for that and say it's not the only solution <laughs> to like being an adult or whatever. I don't know what what, yeah. what that kind of driving force is or you know there's other ways to kind of be um and I think people who do have children have got quite a responsibility actually to to not make out that their way of life is is so kind of uh like I don't know is the superior path do you know what I mean I think it's very important actually to kind of think about you know not presenting it that way and not and not living your life as if that's kind of all there is because I think it also that's kind of doing damage to people who are making other making other choices or having to kind of make other choices whichever yeah. way mm. yeah we had um a lady called Katie Seppi on the podcast a few weeks back and um our chat with her was was really interesting she is childless not by choice and runs this whole community um for people whether they've been on infertility journeys or are single and never found the right person and um she was oh just quite inspirational to to chat to she went through a lot but but decided to stop and um what was interesting was that there are many people who go through 
everything every option and they keep going keep going keep going and they might try donor eggs or they might try surrogacy you know spend all of their money and that's it's a bit like um like you say an addiction it's a bit of a gamble isn't it with, with IVF it's like a like a gambling addiction but she is a great support to that community so anyone who's listening that um that is thinking about stopping or wants to see what life looks like without without children mm. then um, do go and listen to that episode or yeah I mean, not to be, you know, the head girl, but I did listen to that episode as well. So, and I thought, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. And I think it was exactly that sort of, um, but what was, what I thought was so good is that, you know, she'd been able to really kind of make that decision on her own terms, hadn't she? And I think when you're right in the middle of, you know, thinking, oh, you know, just one more cycle might be the one or, you know, what what if I could just change the drug protocol a tiny bit, if they just gave me, you know, it's so hard to, to sort of see beyond it you almost need to have that you know do that thinking before it starts don't you you know a little bit of you know all of the options on the table a bit before you kind of get too far in that you can't yeah that's what we've done this time trying again we've Hmm. set a deadline on it and we've got uh, we've got such a limited amount of money as well so whatever comes first that time deadline or that money deadline and um yes because that's a possibility I'm thinking about it and mm. terms with it. So it's not going to be like a massive shock if it doesn't. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had to make a similar sort of decision when we had a, a frozen embryo. We had to decide, you know, a couple of years down the line, would we, would we kind of, <laughs> would we go back if you like for it, for her as it turned out. And um, yeah, it was really difficult actually, because in a way it wasn't difficult because, you know, you felt like that's already been kind of, you know, a lot of the hard work is done and the kind of feeling that it's the potential is there and you don't want to sort of not find out. But yeah, we really had to kind of do that thinking of if that doesn't work, are we willing to kind of get into all of that again? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, because once you know what you're really in for, do you want to like really give yourself another version of that for however many years or whatever? Yeah, exactly. So you had... Two successful pregnancies, is that right? Yeah, two successful pregnancies, um, three children. So we had twins first, and then um, our so we have six-year-old twins and a and a three-year-old. You didn't yeah. have them when they were six years old. No, we had them exactly. Yeah, we did. We started. We, we said, "Can we can we collect them when they're already walking and talking, <laughs> potty trains?" Yeah. So you're all girls. You're proper girls. We're all girls. Yeah, we do have a boy hamster. Okay. Yeah, the cat's a girl as well. Yeah, they like to tell people we're a girl family. Oh, um, yeah, but apart from Cupcake, who is the one masculine influence in our house, but he's called Cupcake. Oh, that's a very manly name. Yeah. <laughs> his, his middle name is Gerald, so, you know. Bruce or something. Exactly. <laughs> and what, Claire, we talked a bit at the beginning about your book, but now let's really talk about your book. So what made you write it? What is it about? And how It's already out, it? isn't it? It's already out. Yeah, yeah, it's already out. It's uh, just recently the paperback came out. So it's called Small on Motherhoods. And it's um, that little kind of S is quite important, really, because I think it's the two motherhoods of our family. But also, you know, I'm really interested in the kind of you, motherhood is not like this singular thing, is it? It's a kind of thing that's changing. It's a thing that I think, you know, I feel really strongly that we were in that kind of 
anticipatory motherhood or kind of we were you mm-hmm. know all of that effort of kind of getting there yeah is part of it too you know I don't think it kind of begins when children are born or you know anything like that I think that's sort of and thinking about all the mothers that we kind of um you know like are are around the book is really about from the trying to have them and then the early kind of years of of of, of being parents so you know you spend a lot of time with other mothers in you know mostly like sitting on the floor singing wind the bobbin up or whatever like in that kind of early stage or you know in the all of our children were born prematurely especially the twins so being like in the intensive care unit with them when they were tiny little things um so yeah it's about I hope I think it's about the kind of a change of perspective like noticing the small things in life a bit more um not hopefully in such a cheesy way as that but you know kind of seeing you know the experiences of of becoming a family mm-hmm. I think forcing a new sense of kind of how you fit into things in the world or like what you know there's a lot of um reimagining your own place in things when you're then thinking about these small people that's kind of part of it really yeah that's so cool I think like as you were kind of saying earlier the landscape of motherhood is so big it's it's, Mm. there's so much in it that we I think it's ever changing and ever kind of developing and Mm. I think we need to recognize I think all mothers need to recognize that just because we're doing things differently we're not doing things incorrectly or and I think there's so much weight in the fact that you're never going to be the same as anyone else I just think on the narrative of motherhood is so um outdated like you know the classic Mm. motherhood narrative and we need to get people to understand that that if they're not conforming to this antiquated motherhood concept it doesn't mean that they're not doing it and I think that's so so important to to teach and then you know like working mums and stay-at-home mums all that stuff just needs to be ditched. Yeah, yeah. There isn't, yeah. there isn't, there is no longer, and there shouldn't have been back then, but there was, and we'll forget about that because we can't change it. There, there is no longer a an archetype for, for motherhood that we should all be following. And no. that is a massive thing that people need to understand and realise. And if they can't understand it, they just need to accept it. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, you know, one of the things I've, I've written about is when we were, when we were, at, you know, going to antenatal classes, you know the teacher was like right oh mums go to this end of the room and dads go to this end of the room and I'd just be sad in the middle like (laughs) I don't know where where do you want me kind of thing you know and um very much had this idea still of like the you know what mums and dads do or that you know the pregnancy and birth being something that almost needed to be kind of kept from partners and it was a bit sort of you know private somehow and should be kind of what's called a midwife and they weren't even allowed in the room yeah but I mean this is you know (laughs) not that long ago I mean I'm glad that you, you're looking at me now on zoom and thinking you know call the midwife not like <laughs> six years ago right but but it's kind of it's it's that is kind of interesting too like you know thinking about I think that's also a thing that 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 I was you know you get stuck in in the fertility kind of industry sort of cycle you can forget that there's the, the job to do afterwards right it's like putting all your effort into planning the wedding but not thinking like yes how will my marriage be right yeah <laughs> You I know, was so, thinking that earlier, but I thought I'm analogyed out for now. You want to go? Well, I'll, I'll take that on on go the on. analogy chart because you know you've got to think. Well, you know what kind of person do I want to be? Do I want to be a kind of miserable kind of husk of myself who can't you know <laughs> live the life I want to live, or do I want to be the kind of parent who is able to you know 
be the part of their lives that I want to be. Get on the floor and sing Wind the Bobbin Up. Get on the floor and sing Wind the Bobbin Up in the round. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's who I want to be. Yeah. No, just a tip for Wind the Bobbin Up for you. What we do is, um, around our table now, we do it in different accents. and it's Oh, that's different. nice. Yeah, so Jamaican's my favourite. You got to wind that bobbin up, wind that bobbin up. <laughs> I, we might get complaints. I did it. <laughs> you can edit. The other thing that we do is we say moo, as in a cow moo, in different accents. And we all go around like, oh my gosh, right. it's, it's a good game. Just You can have that one on me. Okay, I'm feeling like we're not really bringing enough to the sing-song table now. So, okay, right. Like, do a, a Scottish moo. Go on, do Me, that. me. <laughs> That's a bit Northern Irish, guys. Oh, it was a bit Northern Irish. Oh. Me? Yeah. Me? 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 Oh, me? 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 Oh, God. Anyway. It's gone downhill. <laughs> it's a great game. Um, I recommend it. One for dinner time. All right, I'm ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Claire, where can people find your book? They can find it wherever they find books. So it's in all bookshops uh, and on <laughs> online ones, you know, that one that you should buy books from and all of the, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but also, I should say uh, that if you want to obviously hear me uh, crying, you can get the audiobook on uh, Audible, but I prefer you not to. I tried to buy it a couple of weeks ago and it wouldn't let me. What, the audio, the audio one? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe they... Maybe they thought it was too traumatic. Maybe my card bounced. Well, I'm actually really looking. I'm really looking forward to recording our audio book. We've got that booked in. Yeah, you're not going to cry though. Are you? You've got to be careful for that. Oh, I will. hundred percent. Yeah, I'm the same as you. We need to do it. I know. (laughs) Yeah. What 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 (laughs) accents are you going to do it in? I am. I. What is what you were saying earlier about? I. I know that I. There's part of of stuff that I went through that I haven't processed because every time we start talking about it, I mm. cry, and then I just yeah. have to try and pull myself together. Um. But yeah, I mean, but, maybe I'll deal with that one day. But you know, yeah. But that's the. <laughs> that's the reason it's worth doing as well, isn't it? To be honest, you know, like if it if it's. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, it's it's the truth, isn't it? So, yeah, you know, like that's that's what it's like. I mean, but, you know, I can highly recommend uh, the mint tea is what they try and give you in the audio book, like your Beyonce or something. And you need a mint tea to nose up at a peppermint tea this morning. Oh, well, you're never going to make it in the audio book. Oh, no. Okay. Session without it. As well, apparently. (laughs) Well, you know, all of the benefits. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. My my mate used to work in a post office. This is completely unrelated. Okay. My mate used to work in a post office and so someone <laughs> bought a box of brown flakes and he said to her, that'll keep you regular. It was like an older lady and he got fired. Oh dear. <laughs> wow. Take she a complained. No post office banter, no. No. Wow. <laughs> I've always fancied myself as a post woman. They've always got really tanned legs, haven't they? Yeah, shorts all year yeah. round. Year round shorts yeah. job. Anyway, um, enough <laughs> of this nonsense. Claire, thank you so much for, for joining us. It's been lovely to chat to you and I'm definitely going to read your book. I'm going to listen to it. Well, I'll definitely read your book as well. That's a fair deal. Okay, deal. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and we will include all the links and everything in the show notes so that people can just click and go to that website and, and buy it. Brilliant. Hopefully if their cards aren't declined. Yes. Yeah, that's awkward. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. It's been lovely to chat. Yeah, all right. I'll try. I'll try out that uh, wind the bobbin up. Yeah, do score today. Get on and move. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a voice note. Yeah, yeah. Woo! that was well. <laughs> really? Oh dear, I've got to work with her for the rest of the day. Okay. Good luck. All right. Thanks. Bye. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us, and share us, and let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week. Bye.